Good evening, everyone. Welcome back. Rejoining the Oilam. Another wonderful Thursday night. Another end of a wonderful, another wonderful week over here. And once again, we have a special edition of the Thursday night Chumash and Shalanshir. Broadcasting live from an unidentified, unmarked black Toyota Camry with Pennsylvania license plates cruising at 73 miles an hour on the westbound I-195. And it's a pleasure to be back here with everyone. And Yasha Koyach to uh, Rabbi Aronson, not just for his challenge this week, but for also taking over the live edition of the Thursday Night Chumash and Challenge here. And we're coming to you with the special, unmarked, unidentified edition of the Thursday Night Chumash Challenge here. And Parshas Koyrach, we have... Parsha, the next Parsha in the series of these Parshas and Bamidbar, this is a series of tragic, gloomy Parshas over here. And Kairach deserves some attention, Kairach deserves some understanding. And the first Pasuk in Kairach specifically deserves a lot of understanding. Vayikach Kairach. Kairach took. He took. He took what? We never find out what he took. It says, Vayikach Kairach, Vadosim, Vaviram, Vaivim, Pelas, Bnei Ruvain. He took... We never find out what he took. And Rashi, of course, picks up on this. Rashi, of course, is bothered by this. We'll get back to Rashi in a moment. But let's point out a few problems over here. The first of which is going to be this Vayikach Chayrach. What exactly is Chayrach taking? What exactly is the Vayikach going on? And there's more problems as well. There's more problems over here as well. And there's a very lengthy Rashi on the first Pasuk who talks about Amongst other things, the Vayikach, Kairach's taking, without the uh, subject of the taking identified there, would be the object of what he took. But Rashi also tells us, you know, what was really, what was what was niggling Kairach? What was bothering Kairach? What was it that, that got under his skin? That he fomented one of the greatest rebellions in history. He mounted one of the, one of the most... Uh, Outrageous insurrections, challenging Moshe, Aaron, everybody, and of course we know he meets with a very untimely and unfortunate, tragic end over here. But where was he coming from? And what's Kai, what's going on with Kairach? Was the ringleader over here? Puts the whole rebellion together. The Rashi speaks it out for us. Rashi spells it out. What is, that says Rashi. What was it that got under Kairach's skin? It was the Nasius of Elitov and Ben Uziel. The appointment of Elitzav and Ben Uziel to the Nasi of the entire Shevet Levi. So every Shevet has a Nasi, Levi included. And the Shevet, the Nasi, the, the leader, the chieftain, the prince, was in charge of leaving Shevet Levi was Elitzav and Ben Uziel, Kairach's cousin. Kairach had a lot of illustrious cousins. Moshe and Aaron were first cousins of Kairach. Elitzav was a, was a first cousin. And these were cousins who were all descendants of four brothers, Rashi tells us. Four brothers who were all sons of Kahas. Kahas, a descendant of Levi. Kahas, who from Gershon and Merari is the, the uh, segment of Levi, is the faction of Levi, who are the elite, the ones that carry the clay kaidish. Kahas is singled out from Gershon and Merari to be the, uh, the, the elite of Sheva Levi. And from Kahas, understandably, come all the leaders. Aaron and Moshe come from. They come from Amram, who's the oldest son of Kahas. And the problem is, Elitzaf and Ben Uziel, who is appointed to be Nasi, 
it gets the next shteller. We're giving out the positions of power over here, giving out the shtellers. So who gets the next one? Who gets the nasius of the entire Sheva Levi? That's Elitavim ben Uziel. Uziel is the youngest son of Kahas. So you have Moshe and Aaron who are appointed as Melech and Kain Gadol from the oldest son. We have Elitavim from the youngest son. Uziel is the youngest son. And this father is Kairach. Kairach's father is the second oldest son, Yitzar. Yitzar was second in line after Amram. And um, Kairach is understandably upset. He's jealous. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't comprehend this. He says, okay, so Maisha's gonna take the Malchus, he's gonna take the Malucha. Aaron's gonna take the Kuna, Gedailah. They're the two, they're, they're, they're two sons of the, two descendants of the oldest son of Kaz. Okay, Peseder. I can see the logic over there. But once we're now moving on from them, we're looking for a Nasi. So I'm the next in line. You know, let's move on to, uh, to, to Yitzar, who is the second oldest of uh, our grandfather. And his son should be the one who's the first in line for the Nasiyas, and that's me. Why did Nasiyas go to Elitzav and Ben-Uziel, Uziel being the youngest of the four sons? Kairach is very bothered by this. Kairach is very jealous of the appointments of Elitzav. Very, 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 uh, you know, he's grieving over this. He was very aggrieved. And therefore, he, he, that's, that's the prime impetus, says Rashi. In Kairach deciding to mount his rebellion and trying to take on Moshe. Okay, that, that also makes sense. Meaning, we can hear the, well, it makes sense not in the sense that like, you know, we wouldn't really recommend this to anyone to do this. I, I wouldn't recommend this. Somebody would call me up and say they're very upset that, uh, you know, their younger cousin from the younger uncle got appointed Nasi, you know. I wouldn't necessarily advise someone who would ask me to go make a, read against my Shanaran, you know, so we don't mean to make sense in that, in that usage of the word, but we understand what was bothering Kairach. You know, we can get it, we, we, we get it, we get it. You see what's bothering Kairach. Okay. The problem's like this. If, if as Rashi says, it's the Nasius of Elitzav and the bothers him. That's where he wants to see himself. That's who he wants to be. He wants to be the Nasi. Rashi doesn't say he was bothered by the fact that Moshe was the kain, was the was the melech. Rashi doesn't say that he was bothered by the fact that Aaron was the kain. Rashi says nothing of the sort. Rashi says he was bothered that he didn't become the nasi. Elitzavim became the nasi. We don't see any inkling in Rashi whatsoever that he was bothered about the shtelas that Moshe and Aaron got. It, it didn't bother him. Rashi doesn't speak that out as something that Kairach was grumbling about and grieving about. What bothered him again was that he was skipped over. They jumped from Yitzar all the way down to Uziel. So if that's the case, that he's Be'ikr bothered by the appointment of Elitzavim to the Nasius, and he didn't become the Nasi, why then is he suddenly challenging Aaron Akain to be the Kain Gadol? Why is he challenging Moshe to be the Melech? Rav Lechem B'nei Levi... If you make a chesh and you look through how the whole story unfolds, he challenges everybody. He tells Moshe, you know, I, I don't want you to be the Melech anymore. I want to be the Melech. He tells Aaron, I don't want you to be the kind Godel. I want to be the kind Godel. And not only that, I have 250 other people with me who also want to be the kind Godel. We all want to be the kind Godel. Moshe, you have no right to be the Melech. Aaron, you have no right to be the kind Godel. But Mosgeta, and not only that, we don't even find, we don't even find once that he makes any moves or any motions to try to take the Nasius for himself. There's no mention of the fact that I want to challenge Elitzavan to a duel. 
Let's challenge Eli Tzavon to a showdown. We'll show up with our, you know, our six shooters. High noon, the town square. We'll have a shootout. We'll see who wins. If I win, I'm the Nasi. If Eli Tzavon wins, okay, I happily yield to him. You know, he shoots me first, he gets me down, he's the Nasi. If I win, I'm the Nasi. Nothing of the sort. No challenge, no showdown. No moves against Eli Tzavon. And if anything, we see that he's he's making all of his moves against Moshe Naharit. And Rabbi Say Vaskato, what's going on over here? It was the appointment of Elitzavan that bothered him. It was he just pointed out, pointed out from Rashi. It was Elitzavan's, let's say, in Kairach's mind, in Kairach's, from Kairach's viewpoint, taking away what rightfully was coming to Kairach, what Kairach himself deserved. That's what's bothering Kairach, and yet. Yeah, when it comes time for the insurrection, this attack and insurrection is a rebellion against Moshe and Aaron. How do we put this together? How does Kairach's jealousy and his grievances over the appointment of Elisabeth and Nasius lead to Kairach focusing his energies on trying to usurp the power from Moshe and trying to take Aaron away from being kind Gadol? This is what we need to try to figure out. This together with that Lashon of Ayikach, that, again, that bothersome Lashon of Ayikach, Kairach took, and we don't even know what he took. And let's pause for a dramatic sip of Dr. Pepper. Yes, we do have a bottle of Dr. Pepper over here in our unmarked, unidentified black Toyota Camry with Pennsylvania plates because don't even leave home without that, so we got Dr. Pepper here. One moment. Okay. So, what's going on? So the is like this. The beginning and the end of the whole mystery lies attack in this long, long Rashi that opens up the Parsha. Rashi says a little bit more. When Rashi tells us that Kairach was quite upset, quite upset about Elitzavan becoming the Nasi, so Rashi speaks out like Kairach's, was on Kairach's mind. And, and, and Rashi says, gives us the following glimpse into Kairach's thought process. Kairach says, Listen, if Moshe took the Malucha and Aaron took the Kahuna, they didn't need to go ahead and give the youngest brother, the, the, the cousin from the youngest brother, the Nasius. Why'd they do that? Why'd they skip over me? Concludes Rashi. Concludes Rashi. Hareni Chaylikolov Umavatol Devarov. I'm going to challenge Moshe and I'm going to undermine his entire authority and render him powerless. I'm going to challenge Moshe, take him on and take him down. In other words, he was very upset. He was taka seething, seething mad that he didn't become the Nasi. Couldn't get over it, couldn't make peace with it. He saw it as coming from Moshe and he saw Moshe as the one who overlooked him, who wronged him, who did this dastardly act to him, Kairach's reaction is, I'm going to be chaylik on Moshe, I'm going to challenge him, and I'm going to be mavatos devarv. I'm going to eliminate Moshe's amanda Omar. That's what he wants to do. Undermine all authority that Moshe has. I want to sweep, yank the carpet out from under his feet. I want to take away all power, all authority. I want to take Moshe's 
very essence, very their very presence as a mandamer, as a spokesman, away from him. And that's where this rebellion is coming from. Dehainu, what a chilling, chilling insight over here. The Karach doesn't really want the malucha. Karach doesn't want to be the melech. He wouldn't know what to do with the malchus. He doesn't want to be kind gadol. Two hundred fifty people can be kind gadol. It's not a cash in of itself. How can two hundred fifty people become a kind gadol? Only one kind gadol. All two hundred fifty knew that only one of them was going to survive. Karach doesn't want the kahuna per se. He doesn't want malchus per se. He wants to take Moshe down. He wants to eliminate Moshe as a spokesman. He wants to take away Moshe's authority. He wants to take away Moshe's position of power. He wants to neutralize Moshe as a leader. And what we have over here, Rabbi Yisai, is Chazal's prime example of a machloikas at Shaloy Lashem Shemai. And Rashi uses this term freely throughout this long Rashi. Kairachu machlokusai, Kairach and his machloikas, Kairach created a machloikas, a division, a challenge, a debate. And Chazal Pirkei Avos referred to the machloikas of Kairach as a machloikas which is shaloy l'shem shemayim. A machloikas which was not done for altruistic reasons, for prep reasons, for for um, a higher purpose. It's a machloikas that shaloy l'shem shemayim. A challenge, a debate, a a um, showdown, and uh, taking on the presence and power of Moshe, which is Shaloy L'Shem Shemaim. A machlekes at Shaloy L'Shem Shemaim. And what does that mean exactly? What's the definition of a machlekes at Shaloy L'Shem Shemaim? A debate that's not for godly purposes, that's not for the greater good. You know, we, we get it that, you know, it was coming out of jealousy, but what's a good... In the thumb, in, in, in rather a thumbnail, in the palm, in the packet, in the bush, in the tree, wherever you want it to be, Rabbi Yisai, put in the ketchup bottle. What is a good, solid definition of a machleik shaloy l'shem shemayim? Kairach himself speaks it out. Harini chaylik lab umavatol is devarov. A machleik shaloy l'shem shemayim. Every machleikus, every division, every challenge, every debate, which is not for godly purposes, which is not l'shem shemayim, is always inevitably about someone who says to himself that argument of I just want to eliminate this other person. I want to neutralize them. And more than that, Rabbi said, I want to neutralize them and neutralize their opinion. I want to take them away from people who are Amanda Omar. I want to make them as such that they don't have a valid viewpoint anymore. They're coming and professing and presenting a viewpoint I want to make it as such that they don't even have a valid viewpoint anymore that they become people who are not entitled to a daya, people who are not entitled to an opinion, people who are not entitled to a viewpoint that's a machloikas shaloy l'shem shemayim when it's not just about you know me being right and you being wrong it's about you have no right to an opinion you're, you're, you're not even wrong. You're much worse than wrong. You don't have a deyo. You don't have an opinion. You're not a man to Omar. I'm a vatal, you're devarim. Such a strong, emphatic phrase that Rashi is using over here to describe what Kairach was trying to do to Maisha. But if we think about it, Rabbi said, this is exactly what's going on over here. 
It's one thing to say, I'm right and you're wrong. You know, I hold you making a mistake. I hold you making a toast. We have machleksim with our chavruses all the time. You know, you're crazy. You're crazy. You don't know how to learn. You don't know how to learn. I'm right. You're wrong. Great. Kavaldik. That's talking and learning. That's a routine day in the base medrash. But to say, you're dvarim arbitalim umuvutalim. You don't even need right to say pshat. You have no right to voice an opinion of the toises. That we don't say to our chavrusas. No. No, 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 no. Tell them, you know, Icher, I hear what you're saying. Icher vosuzakt. Vosuzakt. But sinishlag and kumtas nisht. Okay, be sharp with your chavrusa. I hear what you're saying. But you're better off not saying anything. But at least you're entitled to an opinion. I'm granting you the right to an opinion. I'm not being mavato. The dibor. Eliminating, negating, and and just machin gavek. Dismissing sight unseen. The words, the opinion of my chavrusa, you have your rights to your words, but unfortunately you're wrong. Kairach is going way beyond this. Hareni chaylik olavum avatos, devar of Kairach wants to take Moshe's opinion away from him. Moshe's right to have an opinion. Moshe's deyo. You have no right to an opinion. And how does he do this? By saying, your authority is off. You, you, where, where, where's your opinion coming from? You're, you're the melech, you're the melech. Where is Aaron's opinion coming from? He's a kind Gadol. I'm going to get you at the very core. I'm going to strike your malchus and everything that you've done. You're a steller, Aaron a kind steller. I'm going to get at the very core, take you down. Why? Not because I want the malchus again. Not because I want the kahuna gedolah. But because I want to take your opinion away from you. I want to take your right to have a day away. And that's the chaylukum of Atos Very scary thing, very chilling thing. But this is what Kayach wanted. And this, Rabbi Isai, is a machloika shaloy l'shem shamayim. This is what it comes down to. If we want a very good, a very solid definition of what it always means, b'chol malkam, a machloika shaloy l'shem shamayim, it's a machloika in which there's only one person present. There's only one person there. You don't have two people. You have one person, there's one person present, and that's the guy who's shaloy l'shem shamayim, and he's the only one there because no one else is right is entitled to have an opinion. Wow. Astounding and frightening. What's a machlaikis Lashem Shamayim? That's a machlaikis Hillel and Shamay. That's the machlaikis we have with our Chavrusas. There's multiple parties present. There's two people there. There's me and my Chavrusa. I have my day. He has his day. I hear him out. He hears me out. And I say, I hear what you're saying, Rebid. You're grata wrong. He says to me, I hear what you're saying, Rebid. You're grata wrong. I say, you know, you're not Maritz. I hear what you're saying, but you're not Maritz. He says, I hear what you're saying, you're not Maritz. I hear what he's saying, I say, you know, I hear what you're saying, but uh, I'm not sure if you, uh, if you were Yaitza this morning, Birchas was with such an idea. He says, I think you might have made a bracha levatala this morning with such an idea. We hear each other out, we hear each other's opinions, and we happen to disagree in very gentlemanly fashion, but we hear each other's opinions, we hear each other out. There are multiple parties. Multiple parties. I'm not eliminating your right to have an opinion. That's a machlekes l'shem shemaim. No one's being mavatel. No one's being mavatel anyone else's opinion. I'm not undermining you. I'm not taking away your ability to be a man to Amar. That's Hillel and Shammai. The machlekes of Kairach is shaloy l'shem shemaim. There's only one party present. And, and again, what does that represent? When there's multiple parties present, we understand that we have a common goal. We're searching the Emes. We're searching for the Emes together. One of us is going to be right. One of us is going to be wrong. I, I firmly believe I'm right and you're wrong, but I see that you're there. Let's say that even deeper. Let's say let's say that even more gishmak. 
Morziz, you may be wrong, but you're helping me get be right. Or if I happen to be able to yield, if I'm wrong and you're right, I recognize that my incorrect opinion helped you arrive at the correct opinion. That's an achleikas l'shem shemayim. There's multiple opinions. We hear the approaches. They're valid approaches. Even if it's wrong, it's a valid approach. And it's facilitating and getting us ultimately to the MS because it's only because of the debate. It's only because of the shaklavatariyah. It's only because we're grinding the gears together. That's going to help us arrive at the MS. Multiple parties, one goal, multiple opinions, one common objective. We arrive at the MS Rabbi Yisai. I help you, you help me. Even the incorrect opinion helps the correct opinion sharpen itself, be malabin itself, arrive at the MS. That's a machlekes l'shem shemayim. Beautiful. Machlekes l'shem shemayim. We're not working with each other. We're not facilitating each other. There aren't multiple opinions. There aren't multiple parties here at the table. There's one opinion, and that's mine. Nobody else exists. I'm here to be mavatal everyone else's opinion. This was exactly Kairach, and that's why the Mepharshim say, the point that is such a beautiful idea, which ties in Mamish beautifully with this, the whole Mahalach that we are exploring tonight. If you look at the mission of their novice, it's a Machlaikas L'Shem Shemaim, is Hillel and Shammai. There you go, two parties. A Machlaikas Shalayla L'Shem Shemaim is Kairach Va'adase, Kairach and his men. Kairach, not, 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 not Kairach and the merry men, Kairach and his mischievous men. Kairach and his malicious men. Kairach Va'adase. Well, what do you mean? That's not a Machlaikas. Machlaikas has two people, two parties. What's Kairach Va'adase? It should be Kairach Va'adase and Moshe Naren. What's the machlekes? The shalei l'shem shemayim is kairach va'adosay, right? Mosepis, the teretz who had davar shadibarnu. The machlekes that shalei l'shem shemayim only has one party, only one opinion, because all about how many chadaglav umevatel as devarav. I'm mevatel you. I'm taking away your etzim right to an opinion. I'm taking away your ability to be a man to amar at the very core. This is what it was about. So this is why. It makes beautiful sense and everything clicks beautifully into place. Kairach Taka was upset about the Nasiyas. He never really wanted the Malucha. He never really wanted the Kahuna. All he wanted was the Nasiyas that, that he saw as unjustly being taken away from him and being handed over to Elitzavim ben Uziel. That's all he wanted. Why is he challenging the Malucha and the Kahuna? Because his Machloikas, his approach to acting on his jealousy is to take down Moshe, to take away Moshe from being anyone that has any kind of an opinion. Moshe is no longer entitled to his opinions. Moshe is no longer entitled to be a man to Omar. Moshe is no longer entitled to have a deya. I'm going to be mavatalis devarov, and there's no one left on the other side. There's nobody around anymore. I can't fargin the fact that he has an opinion. I can't tolerate it. I can't be soyable the fact that he's out there with a different opinion. And this rabbi's side is the Oymekat Dvarim the depth of why the Torah starts off in such a funny phrasing we have a seemingly a dangling sentence over here a dangling verb Kairach took he took what? what did he take? what did he take? we never find out what he took Rashi tells us Lakach is atzmai l'tzad echon he took himself he took himself what do you mean he took himself? yeah you take yourself pick up yourself by the by the back of your collar. it's not going to work Says Rashi, He took himself to one side to disagree with Moshe. And now we understand with such sharp and stark and stark clarity the Pshat and this Rashi. He took himself, he took himself to one side. 
What on earth is that supposed to mean? But it means exactly what we just said. He removed himself from the congregation. He removed himself from Moshe's presence. He removed himself from eternity. He removed himself from Klai by creating a machloikas that Shalom Hashem Shemayim. He's the only one there now. He's all alone because his whole objective, his whole agenda, is to eliminate anyone else that has any any kind of opinion from existence and from creation. Nobody else has any other opinions. He takes himself to be all alone, to be removed from everybody. Moshe, Aaron, and Gantz Klai That's what he did. Isolationism, which comes from the eliminationism of everybody else around him. Eliminating the opinions of Moshe and Aaron, being Mavatal Moshe, being Mavatal Aaron. He takes himself away, and that is the ultimate result of any machlaikas that Shaloi L'Shem Shemayim. Any machlaikas, which is not being done for the right reasons, ultimately is isolationism, eliminationism, and you're left all alone. There's only you. Nobody else exists because no one else can exist because I can't tolerate the fact that anyone else has any opinion. So, the bottom line hakdar, the bottom line definition of what Kairach did, what a machlaikas L'Shem Shemayim shem is, and, and just how corrupt Kairach was and how far he went in uh, this rebellion in, in what in the damage that he did to himself is there in the first word of the first Pasuk Vayikach Kairach the Torah sums up the whole thing in one word what, what was Kairach really doing? creating a Machleik Shalai L'Shem Shemayim what was the Machleik Shalai L'Shem Shemayim? not just disagreeing with Moshe not just dis- disputing Moshe but undermining Moshe taking away Moshe's ability to be an authority, to have an opinion, to be a man to Amar. But when you do that, Rabbi Yisai, when you eliminate the, everyone else in the room, and there's only Kayach Vahadosah, then there's only Kayach Vahadosah, Vahikach. You take yourself to Watzad Echad, you're removing yourself from the congregation, you're removing yourself from Klai Yisrael, by Tako, eliminating everyone else, all you're really doing is eliminating yourself. Very, very scary thing. And this is why Kayach disappears without a trace. This is why we had that Mita Kanega that Kairach, the only person we find in history that when he goes, he goes. He goes big. He goes with a flare. He disappears. His entire family disappears. His property disappears. Anything that he's ever touched disappears because that is not a punishment, not even a consequence. That's what he did. Baikach, he took himself he removed himself by trying to eliminate everyone else. Yes, you're really eliminating yourself. He's left all alone and he must disappear and be eliminated from Kleisrol. All alone, there can't be any trace of Kairach left. And, uh, you know, when we start thinking about it, you know, this is a very powerful lesson, what a machlik Shalei Shemayim is, and what people sometimes have, you know, a, a interest in doing. People sometimes do have an interest, you know, we all know, we all get into debates with people, and hopefully, we're getting into debates that are machlik Shemayim. Hopefully they're, you know, well-founded, well-grounded, and we're really just trying to pursue the MS. Once in a while, we may, f- may find ourselves guilty of a machlekes that shalei l'shem shemayim. Not quite for godly purposes, not quite for, you know, good redeeming purposes. What's the indicator deep, deep down, if we're straying a little bit, chasashom, to kairach uh, land, kairach territory, with a machlekes that shalei l'shem shemayim? The indicator will always be, does it bother us that this guy has his own opinion? Does it bother us? And sometimes it will bother us, and sometimes it does bother us. And sometimes we find ourselves saying, 
Just stop talking. Why do you have to disagree with me? We find ourselves thinking that. Now, no one's going to say that because that's quite, quite, um, you know, tactless to say. But sometimes we find ourselves thinking that. Like, why, Laman Hashem? Why can't you just agree? Why can't you just agree with me? That is Rabbi Yisai Kairach land. That's a very scary place to be. That's a very scary place to go. But when we find ourselves thinking that, like, Rebani Tukuliyama, why does this guy have to disagree? What do you mean, why does he have to disagree? He's entitled to his opinion. Glad to have an opinion. He's allowed to have a different way of looking at life. Glad to have a different way of looking at MS. Glad to have, different, have a different way of, of doing things. If I really hold I'm right and he's wrong, so I explain why I think I'm right, why he's wrong. But he's allowed to have his day, he's allowed to have his opinion. If I take his etzim right away from him to have an opinion, that's so I'm eliminating everyone else, but really what I'm doing is I'm eliminating myself. I'm left all alone. I'm taken away from cholesterol. I'm taken apart from cholesterol. I'm a vayikach. I'm chas shalom. I'm taking myself letzad echad, and I'll be left very passively, all alone. And that's not something that we want. That's not something that's good. And uh, I think just you know to round this out, closes up over here. In our day and age, Rabbi Yisai, this kind of malady is rampant out there in the streets. People who, you know, consider themselves to be intellectual, consider themselves to be intelligent people, consider themselves to be progressive people, are the most guilty of of Kairach-itis. And these people, they're not really trying to debate anyone, they're not really trying to stand up for any rights. These people, you know, the progressives, the people that are trying to fight for equal rights, so to speak are all about you not having the right to your opinion. All about eliminating everyone else's right to their opinion. The entire progressive liberal movement nowadays can really be boiled down and summarized to that one concept, which is, I'm very sorry, but, you know, if you agree with me, you have the right opinion. If you disagree with me, you don't have an opinion. Not that you have the wrong opinion, you don't even have an opinion. That's this entire movement. You have no opinion, because... That opinion is the wrong opinion, but it once it's deeper than that. You know, again, what they're what they're guilty of in Lamdis is a mindset of there's only one opinion, and that's mine. If you disagree with me, I'm sorry, that's that that's just not a valid opinion. There's no room for that, no room for that. And if you think about it, nothing could be less intellectual. Nothing could be less intelligent than an attitude of, like, you just don't have an opinion. You don't have a right to a qualified opinion. And this is where all these people are coming from. You know, the Supreme Court last week just issued a ruling that it's no longer, no longer, you know, the whole, uh, I'm reluctant to get into politics here in the uh, Chumash Shir, but I guess since there's no Chalant, that's probably, we don't have to see out the Shemaya of the Chalant right now um, in front of me to... Uh, prevent us from getting into politics. But of course the Supreme Court issued this ruling that well, all the progressives are getting so upset about. All they did was they changed a law. The law used to be that abortion is not allowed to be illegal. It's not allowed to be illegal. It has to be legal. All they did was say, no, now it's allowed to be illegal. If a state wants, a state can decide that it's illegal. States can, de- can decide that it's legal. States can decide that it's illegal. You know what they did in Lundis? The Supreme Court returned and restored people's rights to opinions. And that's what's getting everybody upset. Because saying, no, no one's allowed to have an opinion on the matter. It's chayv. We're chayv that it, for it to be legal. 
it has to be usher to be illegal. There has to be a law in place that it's not allowed to be illegal. Can you imagine that, Rabbi Say? There's no greater karech va'adosir than that. There's no greater elimination of all other opinions than that. What they're saying is, it's it, it, there's a chiv that it has to be legal, and there has to, it has to be impossible for it to be illegal. There has to be no room for anyone to have an opinion that it should be illegal. All the Supreme Court did was they said every state can have the side on their own. They have the right to their own opinion. They have the right to decide if they want it to be illegal, if they want it to be illegal. That's two days. That's two opinions. Two ways of looking at it. The liberals hold no. No, no, no. There aren't two ways of looking at it. There's only one way of looking at it, and that's our way. That's Kairach Va'adose. What a chilling, frightening lesson. That's the Vayikach. You're left all alone. You remove yourself from society. You remove yourself from mankind. And Kairach removes himself from Klai Yisrael. So we should all be Zaycha always. That all of our Machleksim should always be Lamana Emes, the pursuit of the Emes. Should always be a pursuit of all things godly. And whether we're right or we're wrong, we should always be engaged only in Machleksim L'Shem Shemayim. And we should always uncover the Emes. Discover the MS, pursue the MS, nothing but the MS. Have a wonderful Shabbos, Rabbi Yisrael, and a good Chaydish, and thank you all for joining.